Hi, welcome to Coping with Colleen. I'm here to add a splash of positivity to your week as we talk about mental health and how to cope with whatever comes your way. Please know this account is not a substitute for therapy or any other clinical care. If you are struggling, please talk to your doctor and or find a local therapist. In the event of an emergency, call 911. Welcome back to another episode of Coping with Colleen. With just a few episodes left in season one, I hope you enjoy this special guest episode with all the members of the Human Music Podcast. We're here to talk to you about the overlap of the music slash creative industry and mental health. And interestingly enough, I think that even for those who may not be immersed in that industry or culture themselves, could still have a lot to learn. So let me go ahead and welcome our guests. Okay, so welcome back to Coping with Colleen. I am here with the Human Music Podcast group, Luke, Nick, and Evan. Hey. Hey. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) Thanks for having us on. Yeah, it's super nice to meet you guys. Do you want to each just take a second to kind of introduce yourselves and your role? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Uh, I'm Luke. Sometimes people call me Luke Rain. Other times people call me Trap Jesus. Uh, I'm a music producer, been a vocalist, engineer, and uh, and a whole lot of other things in life. Really happy to be here. Thanks for having us. My name's Nicola. I make music under Tesco. Uh, I teach over at Producer Dojo along with my two uh, friends here. And uh, we also run the Human Music Podcast. And um, yeah. Yeah, you know, Luke Luke is kind of like the radio voice for our podcast. And like, I don't know what you're speaking of. <laughs> I can see that, the big deep voice. <laughs> Pesco's kind of the brains. I just kind of I'm just kind of the color commentary. Evan's the humble man who's always big upping everybody. I'm, yeah. Um, my name's Evan. I make music as Rip Kenny's. Uh yeah, do the human music podcast with these fine gentlemen. And uh, yeah, just excited to be here and chat. Cool. And my very first guest ever, Greg Donnelly, um, who's actually my cousin, had kind of introduced us all and said it would be really cool to kind of do an overlap of what mental health is like in the music world or in the creative world where... Well, we're, we're all crazy and <laughs> and need to focus on our mental health more than we generally do. Yes, <laughs> this is a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well how do you feel like mental health is addressed or not addressed in like the the music world? Well, I mean, on the one hand, it's, I think it's addressed over and over every day by people like writing music that, you know, that has to do with the emotions that are flowing through us. Um, You know, that, you know, whether it's like writing lyrics about what we're going through or, you know, whether it's about, you know, going, you know, just finding a sound that really conveys an emotion that we're having. Um, You know, it can be, it can be dealt with a lot in that way. But on the other hand, I think there's a lot of times where people really neglect, you know, they might do the cry for help without actually getting the help. Yeah, it's like a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I feel like the music industry, well, entertainment 
as a whole probably but there's like this real focus on like grinding and like putting in the hours and like especially for producers like the ideal setup is like being alone in a dark room for hours <laughs> on end music right and uh you just get this sense like you have to like always be working on it and like i'm sure we all love doing that but there are points where like you just feel burnt or you feel like what you're doing isn't good enough or you're stuck and like that motivation like that macro level motivation that is like always there isn't enough to like keep you like in the game on whatever you're working on and it's those moments where it's like you wish you wish that you could be a little bit more vulnerable with your friends like Man, I just need someone to big me up right now. Like my music, <laughs> like not working, but you just like, no one really does that, you know? So Your music's incredible, bro. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we don't tell them enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just a very solitary thing to do. You know, you're, you're working yeah. by yourself most of the time. And so it can just, it can feel like the, the highs are really high and the lows can be just very isolating and low. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And especially in work that's so independent, like, you know, myself in the mental health field, I feel like they're constantly talking about burnout and like how you should take care of yourself and decompress after like hearing all these traumatic stories and things like that. But um, when you work independently and you're following your passion, you don't necessarily have that overhead to like checking in with you and making sure that you're doing what you need for yourself personally. I'm sure you can kind of get lost in it. Yeah, we don't have an HR <laughs> yeah, I think most us. people don't get it. They're like, oh, we got a little rock star in the house and they'll like, you know, yeah. make a deal of it. And I think it's easy to feel like uh, kind of misunderstood sometimes because what rational sane person would stare at a LED screen for hours on end till your eyes like dry out. Um, but, you know, I think it's like the flip side of it is you do get that like kind of cathartic release where it's like anything you're feeling, you can kind of immortalize it. And for me, like something that's always given me some sense of comfort is like, you know, this time is going to pass either way. But after these couple of hours, I'm going to have something that like I can hold on to and, and share with the world. And like it, it represents me having lived during this time and like putting together this thing. Um, so that's kind of like on the positive side, I think too, like one of the things that is kind of talked about, but not really is like the close association with like the drugs and party lifestyle. And especially in the recent years, you see this like, uh, trend where like sad is cool and I'm a sad boy. I'm a sad girl. Uh, you know, I'm more sad than you sad club, this sad club, that, and I feel like it's kind of like the same way people will big up each other on like, oh, uh, you know, I got less sleep than you or I grinded harder. People kind of, you know, take the same challenge. You're like, oh, you know, I identify with this thing and I am more or less sad than, you know, the community. And like, this is the music that we listen to in this click. And, you know, obviously drugs are a big part of that. And I think sometimes it's just not, um, you know, commonly talked about enough when it comes to like, live events or like artists just holding themselves up and like turning to that kind of stuff for inspiration. So from both the creator and the the consumer aspect, I think, you know, there's, there's those aspects which are very commonly overlooked and, you know, without a doubt do damage over the long term. 
yeah, yeah. self-medicating is not only like tolerated and accepted but like almost encouraged and seen as like oh you're extra cool because you talked about how many xanax you can pop at once it's like, like romantic oh, yikes yeah, yeah. That's a perfect word for it yeah you want like you, thank you. you like want to bathe yourself in that feeling because it's like it can it, it it looks like it would feel like cool to to be living like that you know and so it's just it's glorified and like yeah like i said romanticized but one of the things that you said nicola the positive side before that negative uh bit was um like w when you're done with that session like you have something to show for that time right and i think that that is something for all producers and musicians to really take solace in one of the reasons that music production became such a big part of my life at the end of college and like now it like is my life right but um is because there's like times in your day where you could be you know playing video games or watching youtube or making music right and at the end of those times where you're like playing video games or whatever like you feel like that consumption of entertainment feels like there's like a negative amount of energy in your like in your storage banks right like you've kind of taken a loan on your time to entertain yourself while you binge on video games or tv or whatever and like when you're making music even though there might be periods in those hours where it's difficult or you feel like it's not very good at the end of that you feel like you've created a positive net flow into the universe, right? You've created something, right? Even if someone hasn't heard it yet, you have created rather than consumed. And I think that it's important for everyone to remember like that, regardless of what the outcome is, like is a positive thing to, to hold on to. Like the always trying to create rather than consume, I feel like is a good ethos to live by to be happy. Yeah, Actually, it's like a video it. game, except the points translate into real life. Yeah. <laughs> and especially saying, that's what, like, that was what fills you up as opposed to depletes you, because I think that's so important. So if you're sitting there playing video games for an hour and you're like, well, now I feel even more lazy and slow and I don't feel very good. And versus like if you make music and it's hard and then at the end of it, you've got all this energy and you're pumped and you're excited, like that's a huge difference in like the outcome of your activity when the session goes well ah. <laughs> yeah then there's that flip side of yeah. that other kind of session where you spent many many hours of your life and what came out was basically a turd and you're yeah. just looking at this turd on your hard drive like oh man oh man nine hours of my life gone and it stinks Worst you know it, you gotta you gotta try and put that in the larger context of this is what I decided I wanted to spend my time on. And this is a skill that takes a lot of time to grow into and a lot of different sub skills to master before I can make consistently good products of music. But that moment when you're sitting there with the turd, that, that can be a tough one, you know, it can really weigh on, you know, on self-worth and self-esteem. Um, and it's it's easy to dive into that rabbit hole of like, oh, like, am I even good? Should I even be doing this? Is is this even worth my time? Is anybody ever going to like the, the music I make? That can be a really rough feeling. And, and a lot of people find themselves there. And the good news for anybody listening to this as like a budding creative that that hasn't gone through this roller coaster that much. Um, 
Well, the good and bad news is it never stops and everybody feels this way. Your favorite artists who are the best that you idolize the most have felt this way time and time again. And on the positive note, they had made it, they've made it through it and kept pushing time and time again. It's like, it, right. for music, it's the sine wave. It goes up and down. It goes into the positive and the negative. You just gotta learn how to ride through it to get right. back to the up the top of the peak. And when I hear that, like without being any kind of real creator of sorts, like to me, that makes sense across the board. Like nobody's good at what they do a hundred percent of the time. And we all have like bad days, bad moments. We're like, oh man, I really messed that up or whatever it is. But I, I imagine like as more of an artistic person, when it feels like you're giving a part of yourself and you're creating something from like who you are and it's way more internal that that's a lot harder to take when you know you didn't do a very good job. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, and it's hard. Yeah. Yes. And because there'll be times too, where you can really hate something and then somebody else will like compliment you on it or like, sure. like a very specific example that comes to my mind is I did a remix with two friends. And by the end of it, I absolutely hated it. And then we placed first in the contest and listening to it again, I was like, ah, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah i kind of like it now and it's so weird because i absolutely hated it before we submitted it but just kind of taking a step back and 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 realizing like all right this person is taking a fresh listen to it whereas i've been present for every step of the process and i right. know where every idea has come from and because i know where all of this has come from it's boring to me mm-hmm and also i know where i thought it was supposed to go and i can hear the difference between mm -hmm. my wildest dreams and the actual reality of this tune whereas anybody else only hears the song and either digs it or doesn't and moves on with their life while we sit and writhe with our own you know <laughs> our own inability to make what we feel would have been perfect totally random and not a good correlation but the memory popping <laughs> in mind is uh when i was little and i was afraid of like talent shows and like weird like things like that that you have to do as a child um my, i remember my mom would always say since nobody's seen this before nobody even knows if you make a mistake like nobody knows that that's not the way it was supposed to be so i guess it's kind of like i that. think that's, that's a my... <laughs> really good correlation actually that's a that's kind of a perfect analogy it's like you know, if you stop and tell people you messed up, they know. But if you just keep going and keep smiling, they might, some of them might think for a second, was there a mistake there? But most of them will just keep dancing or yeah. keep drinking at the bar or whatever they were already doing. Exactly. Most of the time, if, if you make a mistake and act like you made a mistake, everyone's going to know. If you make a mistake and keep going like you didn't, exactly. Like people... Like people are gonna look to you for the guidance on like, should should I feel bad for him or not? Like if you don't feel bad about it, <laughs> the audience doesn't feel bad either. Yeah, my brother's job. my brother's a drummer and he'll be back there drumming in the back of the stage and you'll see him laughing and smiling. My mom would be like, oh, it looks like you had such a good time. He's like, oh, well actually every time I laugh is me laughing at myself for making a mistake. <laughs> and it's like, what a what a better thing you could do 
oh, I was supposed to hit a tom there instead of the cymbal. Nobody knows. You're still drumming. You didn't stop. As long as you don't stop and throw your sticks and walk off stage, <laughs> nobody knows the difference. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And it, and it, like, when you think about it, too, like, everybody there is, uh, you know, came out to the show to have a good time and enjoy themselves where it's like, it's always the musicians being like, oh, I was off time or I wasn't in the pocket or, like, this or that. And it's like, you're beating yourself up over technical stuff when it's like, you know, and I'm not saying everybody, like, I think that's just, uh, there's like a transition kind of phase there where it's like you, you master your craft enough so that you can just show up and express yourself through that and, and not think about it too hard and laugh the mistakes away because really the goal of the night isn't to have a perfect performance. It's to make sure everybody's having a good time. And it's very easily forgotten when you're, you know, setting aside all these hours to practice and, you know, you did it diligently to a metronome and now it's the night of, you got one chance, you fuck it up. Like, yeah, but it's whatever. You keep it moving. It's in real time. Yeah. yeah. We, we talk about this on our podcast too. There's the, the dreaded DJ moment we call the train wreck mm. where you accidentally press the wrong button and all the music stops <sighs> and you just, oh, right. But if you go, oh, no, and you start randomly scrambling on buttons, everybody knows you made a mistake. But if you just, like, put your hand up, kissed <laughs> up to the air, everybody starts cheering to fill the silence. And then you just pl press play on the next song and they start dancing again. <laughs> like, so you get your biggest cheers when the music stops. It's, <laughs> it's actually on. a true, hilarious phenomenon. <laughs> if something fades to silence and you act like or, or doesn't even fade to silence... If it goes to silence, literally just like, you know, like give like a clap or something and the audience will just freak out like, oh, yeah. And the, like you said, you just start playing the next song. Or if you're really savvy with it, you like do some sort of effect on some other deck to make it seem like that. Stop. Er, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> make it seem intentional and then keep going. Or one of my other favorites is like when I've seen big DJs like truly trainer, like the kind where you like can't hide it, like middle of the song, just just or like it was supposed to be a big moment and then silence like when it was obvious and they're just like ah let's try that again and they like spin it back and like start playing the music again it's almost like oh shit these guys are human too and it's like not like it's not weird it's like yeah, you're yeah. like laughing with them right like i think that's the key it's like you have to make you have to make everyone like laugh with you like if you don't take it too seriously they're not going to either yeah, but, people feed off genuineness. So if they they relate yeah. to you like that on yeah. that different level, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard though not to tie your self worth as a musician to like your latest creative project or your latest set that you played or whatever. Like the the swing, like we said, is like so up and down for like whether it's good or whether it's great or whether it's meh. If you tie your sense of self worth to that feeling, you're going to just be on that emotional roller coaster. And it's one of the hardest things, especially as you get better and start to hold yourself to a higher standard, like to, to, to really master, because when you set a high bar for your creative output, like, and that sine wave goes up and down, like maybe like your creative outputs, like right at the top of that. And like, it doesn't happen all the time, but that's the stuff that you're releasing. That's the stuff people are seeing. Right. And so to have your sense of self-worth tied to that is is really quite dangerous because it just the gap gets wider as you get better. 
Um, and so I guess it would be a good opportunity to ask my cohorts here. How do you guys deal with that as you've gotten? That's better? what I was going to say. <laughs> Terribly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, honestly, sometimes I feel like it could be better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what keeps him moving along, right? It's like once something's done, it's like, all right, cool, next. It's not that relevant, at least to you, right? Because when you're when you're making art like this, in most cases, the song that you created and finished and all that doesn't come out till months later. So it's like by the time it comes out, I'm like, oh man, people are hearing this. Like I'm already feel you know, I'm already feeling leagues ahead of where I was and I never feel like I'm like truly on the same page with people. You know, I always feel like where I'm at is better than what's like out in the world kind of thing. And I think especially with like um, social media and stuff where you're when you're seeing people who are supposedly living this, you know, it's it's always about the lifestyle. Like they're always selling this like lifestyle that's better than yours and has more stuff and is more fun and more this and more that, you know, I think um, it 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 can feed off of that what i think is a natural feeling to to want to keep progressing and like and, and like always move on from the last thing you did but it kind of like feeds off of that and makes it so that you start like very harshly judging yourself now one thing that's really helped me is like realizing that a lot of my favorite artists you know either like don't like their voice or you know they'll talk about that one track that you love and be like oh you know I had to rush it for the album or whatever. And in your mind, it's a masterpiece and, and they hate it. And, and it just really sets things into perspective because you're like, okay, cool. This takes some pressure off and I don't need to be perfect. I just need to be genuine, like you said. And I need to, you know, um, put myself into it and not put perfection into it. So um, one huge thing that's helped me even though, again, I still feel very perfectionist with it, but instead of like aiming to get that perfect like take recorded or that perfect sound or whatever, I'll instead ask myself, what is what would what would the mistake that I'd be happy with be? So like maybe in this take, I fucked up a breath and maybe in this one, I had a voice crack and maybe in this one, you know, I, I sang the wrong note or whatever, but like all of those mistakes have so much more emotion than if I were to go in and like manually like tune it afterwards or edit it in some sort of way. So I just ask myself, like, do I like this weird breath or voice crack more? And like, what, what feels more me? Like what kind of mistake am I okay with? Because, you know, the same way people will, um, you know, work to get these perfect performances, you can't rehearse real moments. And that's why we listen to music is to like, feel like we connect to other people. So, um, yeah, you know, just little things like that, I think help, but I also think that feeling's kind of necessary to keep it moving. I have, I have a question for you because that I couldn't agree more with what you just said about like, especially with vocals, you know, it's like so personal and like, if it's not perfect, you're like, oh, like people are going to like criticize it or whatever. Like, how do you how do you develop that confidence in like this takes not perfect, but but I like it, you know, like 
Because there's always that voice in the back of your head that's like, oh, people are going to think this is shit. Um, man, in a lot of cases, layering my vocals, like if you get a nice big layer stack, it makes uh, the little mistakes less obvious. Um, but I think recording a, a lot, um, like if I want to get this verse down, I'm going to record it. 30 40 times and i'm going to take the best bits of each because now i have a reference of 30 to 40 takes and i know that like you know maybe i could do better but like if i average these out it's going to be like pretty up there as far as what my best take is now yeah it's pretty demoralizing when you comp a take uh comping by the way is like when you take like little bits and you make like a frankenstein take that has like all the best bits yeah, it kind of sucks when you comp a take and you're like, I still sound like a dweeb. I hate this. <laughs> Even all the work in the world couldn't save me. But um, I realizing that like maybe there's a better way I could articulate this phrase or maybe there's a different approach I could take to this. Because like, you know, if you were to take like the biggest artists in, in electronic music, uh, they're not going to know squat about like producing country right like if you made them make a country song that's not their forte that's not what they're good at and i've realized a lot of people that are like top of the league at what they do are one trick ponies and if you were to put them in another situation they probably wouldn't be as good so i just take that as a sign like okay maybe you know this uh i could find a better way to articulate the sound i'm hearing in my head or maybe you know i, I should lean more into how I pronounce this other line, which I'm feeling a bit more, maybe, you know, I could uh, create some sort of different inflection or, um, you know, whatever to, to get my point across a little bit differently. I think like just recognizing that you have limitations, you cannot be the best at everything. So not only do you have to be selective with what you learn and where your focus goes, but you also have to be okay with not getting all of the things you want, despite all of the work, like, if you're a, um, if you have a very low voice, you know, and you're like trying to sing, uh, I don't know, like a Ariana Grande song or Billie Eilish, who's like very up there, good luck. But it doesn't mean you're going to be a bad musician. It's just like, it's not maybe your lane and you can pull influence from that. But like, again, it always comes down to the genuineness because it's like, what's the music that only you can create? You know, maybe if it's not coming out right, it's not what you're supposed to make. Yeah. And you said what you said there also reminds me of the one thing that I wanted to hammer home from what you just said is that the the solution to making something like that you that you can love regardless of what the end result is, is do something like different enough that is so genuinely you that like it can't really be judged against another performance like like you're like if you're doing ariana grande light like people are going to be like oh yeah like but ariana ariana grande did this better but if you're just doing your own thing no one's going to be like well it's not as good as this thing right like just do do something that's like you know authentic to you and that way it can't be judged like that totally yeah now like getting we talked about that emotional roller coaster and i think people no matter what they do can find themselves on that emotional roller coaster and really that roller coaster to me seems like it's tied to our ego it's about tying what we do to who we think we are right mm 
So like if I tie my ego to being I am the one who makes amazing songs and then I make a crappy song, now my identity has just shifted in a negative way and now I'm going to spiral. Whereas something I found to be much more healthy to me, and it, and it kind of goes back to this book we talk about all the time, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. He talks about going professional, which basically means don't just show up when you feel good or when you feel like you're going to nail it. Show up all the time. Show up on schedule. Show up every day. Tie your ego to, I am the one who shows up and does the work. Some days that work will be better than others, and that's okay. And by doing that and showing up more, you do more work. And in having more work, you've got a bigger, you know, a bigger body of work to kind of reflect on. And then I feel in my life that has really lowered the amplitude of those ups and downs. Like I'm still on the roller coaster, but instead of going way up to a dizzying height of feeling so high on myself, you know, and then plummeting to a low where I feel like I'm worthless. It's more of like, oh man, that was a fun day. This song turned out nice. Pat myself on the back and go to bed. Or, hmm, that really didn't work out. I'm cool with it. Pat myself on the back and go to bed because I showed up today. And I, and you know, I was going to have to make a crappy one eventually. Glad I got it out of the way. Or, you know, you think a song's pretty good and then you get feedback from somebody you care about and they're like, mm, I don't know if this one's it, fam. And you go, okay, cool. Throw it on the back burner. I'm not going to worry about this one because I've got a bunch of other stuff that's probably better than it. And so really what it boils down to is like, keep working. One, that last one is the worst though. <laughs> When you, when you have something that you're like, oh man, like, I think this is really sick. I think this person is going to really enjoy that. And that you play it for them. And maybe it's only like one thing. It's like, there's like one sound that's like, you know, not their forte. And they're like, yeah, it was good, but I just didn't really like that. That one sound kind of just like, and like, even though they like, liked the whole thing, like that one little comment, like that one little part about the song can still like, ruin that experience or ruin your own sense of like what it was for them. Like, because you, you actually are someone that I regard as being like really good at just rolling with the punches feedback wise and everything. <laughs> now I, I am. Know, <laughs> right. And I know that if any, any creative listening to this, it probably has the same issue of that feedback loop, which is unavoidable. It is absolutely necessary to make good art but it is one of the most difficult processes to like, like just internalize, like, because it is such a personal thing. It's a creative output. It's a reflection of you, right? Like you were talking about, how do you, how do you separate your, your ego so definitively from like your work or do you have any tips for people? Cause I know that's something I would be wondering. I mean, volume, volume of work helps. Like I, I've said this before, like, if you've got a couple of pieces of art you've made, they're your literal babies. You will defend them to the death. If you've got like a large handful of pieces of art, they're a bit less precious. Like I like to say hamster babies, you know, a couple get eaten by cats, a couple get eaten by the mom for, <laughs> for a snack, whatever. Like you had 10 babies at once, like five of them made it. You're doing pretty good. Right. And then you go past that. And then they're just dandelion seeds. Like you're the dandelion root. You put up a bunch of flowers. Each of those flowers 
sends off 50, 100 seeds to the wind, some of them will land in the gutter, some of them will land on concrete, but a good amount are going to find dirt somewhere and sprout and cool. And some of those will make flowers, right? So you just let it happen. Oh, hey, look, creativity, it's coming. All right, now I put it out there, moving on. Yeah. That's a pretty good segue to my next question about like, how do you all find pieces of your identity outside of music so that you can still feel your worth in other places and things of that nature? That is the question. Because <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a musician, you like you feel guilty when you're spending time to do stuff so, like stuff out. Sometimes you feel guilty when you're spending time doing things that aren't directly fueling your passion because this is like the thing that you've deemed to be the the outlet that you want to take as far as you can right and so anytime you're not working on that it feels like you're you know kind of cheating yourself but the one yep. thing for me i i grew up doing a lot of you know sports outside mountain biking dirt biking um snowmobiling skiing stuff in the mountains right and so i've always found that um now that i have made music like a full-time priority that stuff always provides more creativity and inspiration for me and even though now now especially more than ever when music is my full-time like focus that stuff even though it still is like ah, oh, am i really gonna take four days to like go ride dirt bikes in the dunes uh which i'm doing this wednesday hey i actually had that thought this morning like god i have like i have this song like i'm like working on i wanted to finish i have all these other ideas and i'm like started to feel a little guilty about it but then like what you have to remember is that if you spend all your time in front of the computer your creative well is going to eventually dry up it it's it might not happen instantly it it might be a slow degrade but you one thing that i say on our podcast all the time is to have a diversity of creative outputs you have to have a diversity of inputs right so whether that's even just like getting up and taking a walk down the street for like five minutes and like seeing some new thing or like taking a different route, biking to work or whatever, like just being able to see other things and get different stimulus in your life is really important for a creative. And so if you can remind yourself that as much as it might feel at the moment, like what you're doing in the computer is more important. If you don't step away, you don't allow yourself and your subconscious to have the a, like thoughts and and like considerations of what you've been working on that might lead to a breakthrough and b you're going to have more inspiration for when you actually sit back down at the computer you're going to have better creative sessions and so um just as as much as you feel like you shouldn't force yourself to step away from the computer and and go do anything else as long as it's not the same thing every time Absolutely. I know it's different, but I tell myself the same thing, honestly. Like, I can feel really guilty for taking time off work because these are clients that really need my help. You know, how am I supposed to just leave them hanging? Uh, so, yeah, we're like, just worried about songs on our hard drive. You've got actual <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah, so it can be like, it can be super, super guilty to like take time, you know, to be with my family who doesn't live around here or take a day for, you know, whatever it is. But then I have to remind myself, like, I am so much, I have so much more to give if I like take that time for myself too. And I'll be a better therapist and I'll be more recharged and, you know, all those kinds of things. So that makes total sense to me that you need to like, 
step away in order to be fully present. Yeah. Burnout is real. You know, uh, I was, sometimes it sneaks up on you, you know, and as a creative, like we said, you know, you, you feel guilty, especially once you've really committed to it, you know, back in the day when it was just dabbling, it was really easy to go multiple days without going out. I'd feel bad, but it was really easy just to, to not show up. And at a certain point, you know, first in order to like figure out in order to get to the point where you've got to figure out where's my identity outside of this creative endeavor. I think you first, it's important to note that for people who want to do this as a lifestyle, you first off, you have to make it part of your identity. Like I used, mm. people used to say, Oh, Luke, what do you do? And I'd be like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm a handyman or I'm a carpenter or I have this job over here. And that's what I do. And oh, also, by the way, I also like making music. I produce music on the side. And one day I decided, regardless of how much money either thing is making me, to just say, I'm a music producer. Oh, really? Does that pay all your bills? Well, I've also got this handyman business on the side where I do carpentry and stuff. Oh, cool. Badass. You know, but I said it first. I said the thing I care about first, and it helped me get to a point where I did identify with it. I did believe myself when I said it and I could actually show up every day. But then once you start, once you're showing up every day, then burnout can become really real. And like, I, I noticed that was happening like this last week, I, I found myself getting a lot more tired, um, you know, kind of usually I'm, I'm really excited and ready to go all night on projects. And I stay up stupid late probably really bad for my circadian rhythms, but I'm so excited to do it that it like kind of offsets because I'm happy that I did the thing. So, uh, but that being said, I was getting, I was getting kind of wrecked this week. Um, and luckily I had planned out to, to leave town, visit my girlfriend who lives out in the country. You know, we're out here like hanging out with cats and a horse and gardening. And I just spent all afternoon, like digging up blackberries in a garden. And I had a blast doing it. I was in the sunshine. I didn't think about what projects were sitting. You know, I had an eye on the time because I was going to be on this podcast. And I want to <laughs> I want to I want to keep my word on showing up on time. But other than that, it's like, oh, man, I just get to stand and be where I'm at and not worry about those things I thought I was supposed to do right now. And so planning that time to be elsewhere, just like like Gavin said, like be a human out in the world like you're. You know, if you like doing an outdoor sport or if you like, you know, some other kind of craft or or if you miss certain people, schedule time to be with them because then, hey, well, it's on the schedule. It's not going to I shouldn't feel guilty about doing something else outside of music. I put this on the calendar specifically because this is important to it's important yeah. to recharge. I saw I saw a uh, a video from Porter Robinson um who just released a new album talking about one thing in this exact vein that i found really interesting that he's like whenever i feel stuck or like i need some outside inspiration or whatever like i'll go like take a walk into you know some form of nature maybe it's just in in my neighborhood or like wherever but i'll try to find and like appreciate something that like maybe maybe no one else had seen like, like, it, and it sounded really like so simple at the time, but then he like explained like, you know, if like you're walking in the forest and like you see like this cool, like little plant that's like growing around this other one in an interesting way and everyone just walks by it. And like, if you stop and like, look and like, 
appreciate how like unique that piece of nature is it really it's really kind of a cool thing because you can you can shift your mindset from uh like examination and critical thinking to like just appreciation of natural beauty and i think that that is a pitfall that as someone that's trying to make really high level creative work you fall into right you get so like you get so critical of the things that you create rather than finding the beauty in everything that you create you're trying to sift through and find like what is the absolute best but if like you can start to appreciate the nuance and some stuff maybe you'd be able to reimagine pieces that you already have in a better way right so i thought that was that was a really cool little note that would go along exactly with what we're talking about yeah you're that. describing mindfulness look at you doing yeah. therapy skills <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if only I was as good at doing that as I wish I was. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to talk yeah. about it than to actually Definitely. do it. Uh, so uh, the question yeah. was, how do we work through it? I think the question was, um, how do you like find your identity outside of music? Mm, yes, yes, yes. Um... <laughs> there is one? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I mean, in the last couple of years, I've taken a... Um like random hobbies for like a year and a half at a time kind of thing just to try out new stuff uh like uh like mma and i did uh like ballroom dancing and like i just try and keep like an assortment of like differing kind of hobbies um i mean now with covid it's been a bit different um podcasting yeah i mean i feel like it's still kind of music related but um i had probably you know like my personal like darkest time last year i like really ran myself into a hole and like uh you know it just kind of made me realize for the last like five or six years i was like i had a bit of a skewed time frame on how long everything would take and i would like make literally everything secondary to music and and really like tie my self-worth to like how productive I was and you know I I felt like oh you know I'm just I'm gonna neglect everything right now and just grind really hard and I'll make it in a year or two or three and then I'll catch up kind of thing and that was kind of my mentality for a long time whereas nowadays um well, for one, I started doing vocals, which is still music, but I realized that if I'm going to like, you know, talk about certain things in my music, then I need to like experience situations, even if it's not necessarily directly dealing with me or, um, you know, maybe it's a situation I could flip in a different way to give a new perspective or something that that is one reason to go. But the other reason is just kind of after kind of coming out of that, like, lull of last year i just decided like if for no other reason than to just give the world an f you like i will sit down and watch netflix sometimes and just chill if i feel like i'm really needing it because i would never do stuff like that like you know when i was dating at the time i would only watch netflix with the girl i was seeing and like that's all it ever was i never really gave myself a break and i probably made other people feel kind of poopy in the process because I was always blowing them off. So I just make it a point to sometimes be like, you know what, I am happy with myself where I'm at. And, you know, 
today I'm going to remind myself of that by not working on music, even if I feel inspired. Because I think that comes easier, though, like Luke said, when you just decide, like, this is who I am, this is what I do, and, you know, this is when I'm showing up, and this is what I'm about. And so I know that, you know, even if I got the inspiration now or whatever, like, maybe, you know, letting it build for a bit, like the same way when you're really hungry and or really thirsty, and you don't get that for a, a couple hours longer than you wanted, and then you finally you know, get that food or drink like that water tastes amazing mm, when you've been mm. marched for like eight hours, right? That f- first bite of food when you haven't ate all day and it's like 7 p.m. tastes amazing. So, yeah, just kind of like, you know, letting it like foreplay out sometimes, even if I really want to, like I'll let myself like, I'll, I'll like hold myself back and like be like, okay, cool. If I'm inspired right now, like, man, I'll be really inspired, not only from holding off, but, you know, also like, let's go watch a show or let's go experience this new thing or whatever. And yeah, I feel like before I would be like, oh no, I have to take this moment right now. And, and I'll show up tomorrow when I don't want to. And if I want to, then I will immediately drop everything and do this. And yeah, I think just being okay with like, doing very like typical things like watching Netflix or like walking my dogs or something. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I kind I kind of felt like for a bit I was above mowing the lawn and doing random shit and I like to just be a normal human being sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah, Indeed. I like that. I'm sure that makes it easier on your relationships too if you're like willing to be present for other people. Yeah, you know, I felt like I would try to be present when when I was there, like when I'm in person, I try and give people like all of my attention. But when I'm doing music, it's the same way too. like phones Mm -hmm. on do not disturb, you know, upside down, thrown across the room onto my bed or my couch. And that's what I'm locked into for the next six to eight hours and nobody can reach me. But so it's like, you know, kind of that trade off too. That seems fair though. That sounds like good boundaries. Like the the music is on the back burner when you're with someone important and then people are on the back burner when you're doing music, which is important. Yeah, yeah. I think where I noticed it was a bit of a hindrance was like, you know, there's a party or something and I'm like, oh, well, I don't feel like drinking and I don't feel like doing this. And I don't feel like, like to me, I guess there was no like voice in my head being like oh well you can go say hi to everybody and Mm -hmm. not get drunk and then go home and do the thing that you want to do whereas i'd be like no i'm losing three hours tonight and that could be the thing that breaks me through and you blah 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 and like yeah get caught up in it yeah on the other hand somebody might spin a tune at that party that you've never heard before that inspires you so much that the next song you make is the greatest one yet amen you know, like like Evan said, sometimes you got to get out of the studio in order to find that inspiration. Sometimes you got to leave, you know, where you feel like you're supposed to be in order to in order to get that inspiration you need to have. But I feel you. I'm totally down with like turning my phone off, leaving it in the other room. You know, it's it's astounding how fast the people in your life will get used to the fact that you don't text them right back. And like, if it's urgent, they'll find another way to get at you. Like, and nothing 
turns out is all that urgent when it really comes down to it. It's like, well, if I was at work, if I was at a job where I wasn't allowed to have my phone on me, you would just totally understand that I didn't text you back. But because I'm at home in my room on my computer, you might feel like, oh, well, nah, like you could pick up. Like I could, but I'm not going to because this is important to me and I'm in flow state and I'm not going to let it be broken by my phone dinging all the time. Also, humans who want to create, turn off your notification sounds. Best decision you'll make for your life. If you want to know what's happening on your phone, pick it up and look at it. (laughs) They'll still be there. I'm shocked that that's the default. Like I've been on do not disturb silent mode all that for so long when i hear somebody's thing ding i'm like do you live life like this (laughs) right (laughs) i don't know maybe i'm just too add because for me yeah that's like a nightmare because i have to check it It, the little voice is like ding and the truth is like most of it can wait you don't Mm -hmm. need to see what you got tagged in on instagram or the like random text like most of it can wait like, almost all of the time like yeah. it'll be even okay most, and like you said they'll find another way to reach you if it's important yeah totally even most problems will sort themselves out if you just ignore it for an hour or two <laughs> mm-hmm. and most problems are just shit that people could google and they don't want to you know? <laughs> that's <true>. so real <laughs> here let me google that for you yeah let me type it in the text instead of google and wait for an answer when i could have literally got the answer for the same <laughs> effort yeah amen to that (laughs) but yeah i mean that's part of just having boundaries like we talked about right like setting the boundaries that you need to have because it feels healthier to you if it if it feels like this is healthier for you it probably is try it out yeah for sure i don't make music sometimes i just randomly leave my phone upstairs or i like sometimes like when i work out i like to leave it in the locker i don't want to be on it when i'm at the gym or things Mm -hmm. like that like i like to just disconnect from it sometimes yeah, it makes a huge difference yeah For to sure. any to anybody who does anything like stepping away from distractions when you don't want to be distracted is healthy and our mm-hmm. phone provides a non-stop stream of distractions depending on how many apps you have downloaded and if you want if you want distractions awesome they're there for you if you don't want them great there's an off button for a reason I think you guys are so awesome and you have such great insight to share. I think that people will hopefully like learn a lot from this or take a lot from this, but I want to give you the chance to just very open-endedly like give any piece of advice you want to the audience, whether it be like of creative nature or personal nature, whatever it is, you can each give your spiel and then um, like plug all your things where they can find your music and your podcast and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You want to go first, Devin? Sure. Let me think up. Uh, eloquent way to put the concept <laughs> that I was thinking about. For me, like the biggest, the biggest thing that I still struggle with on a day to day basis as a creative, as a creative, is the internal pressure to create something that I'm proud of on that day. And we've already kind of touched about on this a little bit in this podcast, but like from the micro level to like when you're making music to like, is this sound good enough to, to continue working with? Or, you know, is this song good enough to, to put out? Like that is still something that I, I feel like for anyone in any creative pursuit listening to this um, could, could understand and benefit from knowing that that like bar that you hold for yourself 
A, you're never going to get to a point where like everything that you make, you're you're totally happy with. Like there's almost like this beautiful naivety that you have when you're a beginner because you're more excited about things that nowadays, you know, five, six years into it, you would consider mediocre. Um, and so just reminding yourself that like continue it like like Luke's Luke's answer was perfect. All you have to do is continue to work on the thing and those ups those those moments that you do become really proud of will appear you you can't you can't judge each single thing on its on its own and and try to make that one thing perfect you're never going to get anything done and so the thing that i always have to keep reminding myself that it's still hard when something's not working out exactly like how you want it to is that the way to continue forward is not to think about what's going to be perfect, not to try and imagine what the perfect thing is and then force your force your creative project into that. But instead, fuck around and find out like, have, <laughs> like, and continue to experiment and have fun and and make it lighthearted. And as long as you're continuing to work on that thing and and push it forwards like it, you will get to the point that you want to and don't feel like any one step of this process small or large is going to be the end all be all just continue to work at it um and and try and minimize your own personal ego and self-worth relationship to exactly what you're doing on that day or that song um, because that's the biggest pitfall that's been consistent for me over the music career, you know, the, the long term has been that 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 one thing tying tying your body of work, not to your sense of self-worth, but to something that like as it sits now, you can always be proud of. And instead of judging yourself and constantly like, is this is this the next great thing, like continuing to have fun with it? Um, so that's, mm -hmm. that's my biggest thing. Continue to have fun with it. And, uh, and yeah, try not to take yourself so seriously. Tesco, what's up? I would say, uh, take some pressure off yourself and realize that all of the, the things that you look up to all of the experiences and, and, or music or, you know, movies, whatever that, that you're looking at in awe. And you're like, I want to create something like that generally there's pretty big teams of people working on that kind of stuff. And a lot of the times I would compare my work as a solo artist to my favorite bands. And then I beat myself up because I'm like, why can I as one person not write something to the quality that five people in a room can write, you know, and that would really mess with me because it made no sense. So, um, you know, taking that pressure off and, and just trying to be, as as much of yourself as you can be and then get together with other people and give give yourself out basically like all those skills and stuff that you spent time like working on that's cool and all but like it doesn't really mean that much if it's if it's only for you it's it becomes more of a selfish thing i think that's where all like the ego and the doubt and all that stuff comes from is when you make it selfish like I can't put this out because I won't look as cool as I want to look or whatever. Right. And I think, you know, even if your work is like a steaming pile of crap, maybe 
somebody needs to see that steaming pile of crap and then they'll feel better about themselves because it's so bad but does it really matter because if you set your ego aside you made somebody's life better that day right or you gave them hope to, to keep moving with what they're doing so work with other people you know put your work out make it as best as you can but you know at the end of the day you're only one person so yeah do the best job you can and and work with other people if you want to create that thing that's that's larger than life that that makes you feel some some kind of way you you probably won't be able to do it just on your own like to that degree amen and uh i want to say if you want to be you know proficient at a thing let alone prolific you are going to have to do it way more than you think right now starting out you're going to have to do so much and sacrifice so much for it. And that is a given you're just going to have to get through. But once you get there, remember there is a point of diminishing returns to everything. And if you are working so hard at the thing you want to work at that your health or your mental health are suffering from it, then you've passed that point. And taking the time to do that self-care is then just as much a part of reaching your goal as actually sitting down and doing the work. So sometimes getting up and taking that walk in nature or going to that yoga class or MMA gym or whatever physical activity recharges you or exhausts you to the point where you can get a good night's sleep and wake up in the morning and do it all over again. Taking the time to make yourself healthy food to eat and drink enough water. Taking that time to veg out and watch Netflix for a while. If that's what's going to make your, your brain, your mind, your body, your mental health better, it will make your music better or whatever other endeavor you're trying to get through and bring into the world. So remember, you're going to have to work way harder than you think and also balance that with healthy life, diet and 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 mental health because you know, you're not if you if you drive yourself past the point of no return of exhaustion or or nutrition or you know, even just even just, you know, boredom with doing the same thing all the time the music or whatever is going to suffer as well. So work harder and find balance. Amen to that. Where were you when I was friggin' 17, dude? Right. That's why we do that advice the last six years. I mean, I know it's about us, but Colleen, I imagine this is kind of why you have your podcast too, to, like, to be that voice of, of you know some help to somebody out there that that definitely needs to hear whatever we just said today off the tops of our heads that yeah you know I have our, no our doubt. experiences i have no doubt it will resonate with at least one person listening and it'll mean something to them and help them yeah. turn a corner so to uh, you just one curious. person glad it was worth it because <laughs> we had fun either way <laughs> just curious colleen have you worked with uh like many musicians or creatives or no. So this podcast is like pretty dang new. So you guys are my first music group and I'm hoping to like just kind of continue expanding to all different kinds of topics and types of people. And yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cause I'm very excited to 
you know, learn from your expertise. I think it's something very relevant as far as music goes. And yeah, I think if I wasn't doing music, I'd probably maybe be somewhere in the lines of, of doing something like that. So super cool. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. We had a blast. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, my, my cohorts here, Luke, at trap jesus or what would trap jesus do yeah uh, and at and luke rain music at luke rain music make sure you go follow him and the boy nicola tesco at tesco at i am tesco we should say our own maybe socials. from now on <laughs> well i thought you know it's funny because i thought that i would have had that down and that i could <laughs> eloquently remind the people to go follow you guys but i'm gonna uh, have you guys yeah. like send these to me regardless because i probably won't get them straight so right. uh we'll definitely go ahead and say them but then uh, i'll have you send me them and then i'll put them in the episode notes so people can just click and listen perfect all right nicola tell them your your socials all right my name is tesco uh you can find me at i am tesco on all socials and the human music podcast.com if you want to check out our podcast yeah i am luke rain you can find me at luke rain music or at what would trap jesus do all over the interwebs and of course you can follow us at the human music podcast or on twitter at human music pod and what's up rip kenny yeah absolutely tune in tune into the podcast if you enjoyed anything that we had to say here today um it's a it's a it's a pretty fun little hangout session that that we have and you know speak very openly on all these topics and um try and like 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 you said the ethos of our podcast is to try and help as many people as possible get through those breakthroughs um in their creative pursuits so yeah if you liked anything that we had to say definitely follow us over there um i'm rip kenny you can follow me at at rip kenny music everywhere uh go give the spotify an old follow um and, yeah run uh, us up on spotify Woo, we all got music out uh yeah and uh last little thing i guess would be i have an album coming out at the end of this year so uh keep your keep your eyes peeled for that I'm excited for this one. I'm a, I'm a Rip Kenny fan. Yeah, all of I'm the topics biggest that, we, fan. that we described today about all of the things are very, very, very at the forefront of my own, uh, you know, experience with making this album. So uh, come yeah. check out this showcase of bad mental health and habits. Exactly. <laughs> Everything Colleen would be very disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's going to be fire, though, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of Coping with Colleen. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate, review, and/or subscribe so that others can continue to find it too. Next week, I'll be back with an episode on a college student's perspective of the way universities handle mental illness and much more. Until next time. <laughs>